so this is Women Rising, and uh, it's very important to uh, raise awareness for certain charities um, in Gibraltar. And my favorite charity, and I say it with toda la tranquilidad del mundo, is the Breast Cancer Support Group, because I was part of this charity for a few years and um, learned a lot. We, we lived through a lot of things together, and so um, it's always on my mind in everything that I do with the media. So here we are today with the six representatives of the charity that are here. So we've got Tito, well, and Ernest, who's the only man, surrounded by all these women. We'll have to ask him how he deals with them all a little bit later. But we've got Marta, Shireen, Heidi, and Jenny. And we've got Chairperson Medsi, who's uh, quite excited about talking to us, no Merci. Yes, I am, and thank you uh, for inviting us, Michelle. It's a pleasure. I want to know very briefly, I know, because I want to talk about more about what you're doing to help people and how you help people, but you started the charity many years ago, 15, in fact, yes, that's years right. ago. So tell us a bit about the beginning. Um, it was a group of ladies, uh, I'll mention the names, uh, Sonia Gold, uh, Isabel Hamandelul, uh, um, Caroline Parodi and myself. I don't think I've left any, anybody else out. Um, Carol Cuello as well. And uh, it was because when, uh, for example, when I was diagnosed, um, there was no, no information, no literature, nothing whatsoever to point into the, into, to the direction of what was going to happen. Because I always believed that um, knowledge is empowerment, no? Yeah. And um, the first thing that I asked Dr. Sene was, how long do I have? Because, you know, we do, we, we, you, at that, that time you thought cancer and then death. That's what you thought. And I remember that um, I was going to uh, cancer relief and there I met um, Isabel. And uh, we were discussing, you know, get, mm, there's nothing in Gibraltar to, to show, uh, to, to give you some information. And we thought there and then, well, let's do something. And then uh, Sonia came along, Carol, our dearest Carol, uh, who was very close uh, at heart. Marika Vija came much later, but also Mari. Mari did a lot for the charity as well. Um, and uh, Carol, Caroline Parodi, who worked in the GHA as well. So we all used, we, we would all meet together and put all our brains together and wanted to create something which would better, well, better know, uh, to, to create a breast screening program and so that we wouldn't have to go, for example, like myself, I had to go to Algeciras and, and, and the mammogram so, was so old. So at the beginning, that's what your aim was to, to because I know that now you enhance the services that are yeah. already available, but yeah. at the beginning you wanted to establish a uh, breast cancer program that yes. wasn't in place. Exactly. And you thought that was important. So, exactly. Um, how did you go about doing that? Lob lobbying, I guess. Lobbying. Yeah. Um, I remember we used to meet with um, uh, the ministers, um, the GHA, uh, um, Mr. McCutcheon, um, and then, um, of course, um, we, we, we wanted to buy a mammography unit. Um, and that was a lot of money. Yeah, I'm sure. A lot of money. So there wasn't a mammography unit here at all in those no, days? No, nothing whatsoever. We used okay. to go to, I, I went to Algeciras and the mammogram unit was so, so, so old that it didn't pick my cancer. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. So you started the charity with your colleagues and then you, you actually got the screening program off the ground here yeah. in Gibraltar yeah. and managed to lower the age 
to, to from 40 years of age. Because in England, yep. from 50, you get the letter. And in Jib, it's 40. So you were the pioneers of yes. that. Yes. So, yes. I mean, you've saved thousands of lives, I'm yes. sure. And, and we've had, uh, I like to mention this, that we have had people coming to, to us. I remember you when you were in the committee, Michelle. Do you remember you came down? We were not going to mention the name. But she was very happy because they had picked the cancer. Because, very quickly yes, and I, that saved her life I've Do you got remember? three friends who who have survived breast cancer because of that so yeah we uh, they're very grateful to the charity and to you yeah. at the time for doing that yes and i have to mention this that bonita trust uh, uh bought the first the first um mammogram uh unit did they yeah yeah wow yeah great we did we did so, lobbying we did a lot of lobbying you know so that was that was the beginning that, that was, was the very beginning yeah. really of the charity yeah. and then you started with the lunar walk which is the other thing that i think everybody who hears about the breast cancer support group yeah. it's like yeah. synonymous with the yeah. lunar walk yeah so that is still happening or i mean it was happening for many years yeah this was because when i was in england uh when i was diagnosed in 2004 um I sat in a sitting room and I saw this this advert on um, moonwalk and I started searching and started looking and I thought how interesting and I said if if I live long enough <laughs> I'll start this in Gibraltar and when I came back you know I, I started looking around and how can I do this and there were a lot of people who helped thank god you know uh, they I mean, supported the idea Gibraltar and, and is very supportive for very, most charities very. but in yours in particular i remember going to it um with the family because you encouraged yeah, like yeah. families your dog Pets, your everybody. grannies your everybody yeah, and yeah. everybody was wearing yeah. bra over yeah. their t-shirts yeah, remember or, yeah remember in those what we designed days, <laughs> i remember the very beginning i think i went and it was huge i mean yeah. what a few thousand people a couple yeah. of thousand at yeah. least that was the first year would go yeah and and everybody thought it was brilliant fun mm. to walk across the runway at night yes. because we weren't allowed to do it. That's right. So for Gibraltarians, it was like, yeah, yeah, oh, we yeah. go in the Even tourists. Even tourists Even would tourists. take part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that grew and grew and grew because for many years. For many years. But then it dwindled. And I think it was because there was a lot of things going because we always used to do it at the end of June because we thought the students are back, you know, the weather is nice. We could end up in the beach because before we used to go to the beach and then we would party in the beach. Yeah. Um, but then we, but, but, but then it dwindled. And I think uh, one year was the football. I don't know if it was World Cup. I can't remember. And then uh, there were lots of um, uh, dances, dance productions. And each year we were getting less and less and less money. But that wasn't, that wasn't really what made us stop the Luna Walk. What, it was that the feedback from the people. That, okay. that they wanted uh, something different. And when we got, two years ago, because of the COVID, we, we had to think, you know, we had to reinvent yes. and think, what can we do? Because remember, during COVID, our funds went down. Yeah. And I have to mention here that we gave £30,000 to the COVID fund. You did? We did. I think That's we were incredible. the first charity. Yeah. And wow. uh, so we thought we came up with the idea that if people walked at their own pace, at their own leisure, you know, yeah, whatever. Because with the pandemic, people could walk, people were allowed to go exactly. out, so they, you could use that. Exactly. And uh, I have to say that that year, we got more than the previous years in the Luna Walk. So it made you rethink. Yep. And I guess yep. it is a bit of fundraising is a bit like that. You have to keep rejigging and rethinking. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So who helps you fundraise? 
Well, Tell me about your committee. They're all I've got an amazing here. committee and all I'm right. going to let them talk because <laughs> yeah. I think I've done enough talking. So here I'd like to thank and take the opportunity of thanking my girls and my boy. <laughs> 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 I'd like to take the opportunity to thank, you know, yeah. well, uh, because we all work Lizanne as well. Lizanne is also part of the charity, is yes, that right? Yes, but she's had a problem with uh, yeah. a dental problem. She wasn't able to be here. So yeah. is that it? Is there, there's nobody else that's part of the charity? No, the what, uh, if, if I can mention here, I would love a subcommittee for fundraising. Because really, uh, Michelle, you remember that this was started? Uh, we just was a, a pressure group uh, to lobby yes. because that was our aim. Yes. That was our aim, really. The only thing is, because of Flag Day, we started fundraising. It was the only fundraising Flag Day. Mm. And then we, we thought, you know, we could give something back to our ladies by mm. having a pink party. And then that's where it grew, the pink, the pink, the, um, pink party. Which you hold every year. Every year, year. that's in right. In October. In October, that's right. And yeah. now it's become very famous in embedded commerce. Yes, because it's a sold out event. It's sold out event. You don't buy the tickets the day they come out. It's like yeah. a Harry Styles concert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you stay without because my daughter's a complete fanatic of Harry Styles. But yeah, it's like that. I know, yeah. I know, because I've yeah. been part yeah. of the yeah. charity yeah. and yeah. people are like, oh, we need more tickets. Oh, we yeah. need, you know. That's so. right, that's right. And then, of course. Um, so the fundraising became fundamental, really, although that's not the aim at the very beginning. That's right. But it became so integrated with yeah. you helping other people. Yeah and really yeah, giving back yeah, that yeah, you yeah. had to carry on doing it. And I would like to mention all those past um, members, committee members. Uh, some of them are not longer with us. Yeah. And I, close the, I have them very close at heart. Yeah. Because we became, we, we were a family. Hmm. You know, I, I, I truly, I can truly say that we were a big family. And um, we worked very hard, really, really, yeah. really hard well, to will, start the, the, the charity. I will always feel part of it, even though I'm not part of the charity now. But I've come here today. It, it feels like I hadn't left. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, yeah, it is a family. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you've mentioned yes. that we have to be reinventing um, ways of fundraising. And that is 100 yeah. percent right, because Gibraltar is very small yeah. and the fundraising that occurs is more or less Every, it's quite mundane. You can't, yeah. can't think of new things or you we're trying to think. But I think that COVID did help us in a way, in as much as that we had to stop the actual lunar walk and we had to reinvent ways of getting people not only to raise money, because our aim is not solely that. Our aim is also to create awareness. Yeah. So w w it, it sort of fell on our lap that people could walk as a family and we try to throw this out to people now in that way, you know, in that manner. We say, look, you can walk at your own pace during the whole of the month, at whatever period of the month. You get your family together, you walk, and you don't need to have COVID restrictions or whatever. Obviously, this year, it's not going to be like that. But people have liked the idea of walking at their own pace, at their own time, without restrictions and they uh, collect their money and, and it's a family event. I think that is, that is great because yeah. we, I'll give you an example. Uh, when I, I went to my family, out to my family last year and said, look, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's make it a Gaetano event. The whole, my nieces came, my, uh, my brothers, yeah, my, my, in. my, yeah, yeah. my in-laws, my parents. We had a, like a family reunion of, of walking and collecting. 
which is great because it's, yes. it serves a lot of purposes. Yeah. It, it really it unites the family yeah. and it unites your family in a purpose, no? Yeah. So that's and good. you're raising awareness, which is half half the thing because well, Mercy and I have spoken about this and, and when I was in the charity, we talked a lot about it, that people don't go for their mammograms. I mean, this is something which is so important. I remember having a conversation with a lady at work who said, oh, my boobs are really small and it's really painful. I'm not putting myself through that. And I said, well, you could lose your life. And, I, and she was so shocked that I said that to her. But I did say that to her and she went. And she said, actually, it wasn't as bad as all that. I've because actually forced... I've, act I've actually forced two work colleagues. Um, I think it was last year, the year before last. Um, so one of them said, I'm 47 years old and I've never had a mammogram done. I said, oh sorry, you never had a mammogram. What, why is that? I received the invitation when I was 40, but I was very, very scared. But I, I think it's time. Of course it's time. They should have been your second or third mammogram since the age of 40. So I actually made the appointment for them. I think we need to talk about this. It's one of the things I really wanted to speak to you about because hopefully people will listen and think, actually, they're right. I need to go. Because I remember when I went for my last one, because I check every year, um, the, 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 I don't know who the, I think it was Nat, Nat, Natalia. Natalia, Natalia said to me, three people before you have not come to their appointment. I've been sitting here waiting for them and they haven't come. I said, why? Oh, people are scared to come and people think it hurts. And people think, you know, and I said, but wait a minute, it's going to save your life. It saved three of my friends' lives. Mm -hmm. And one of them had a very aggressive tumor. It was tiny, one centimeter, but very aggressive. And, and luckily she's fine to this day, 10 years, whatever it is, eight years later. Yeah, as we say, it's uncomfortable, yes? So if you're listening, please go for your mammogram. In fact, let me tell you something else. I recently saw um, this comedian that came to Jib, um, I, oh, Rachel Milligan. Uh, Rachel Milligan? I can't remember her name. Milliken, Sarah Milliken, Sarah Milliken. And halfway through her talk, she made everybody stop and said, right, now I have to tell you a very serious message. My best friend has suffered from breast cancer and she's told me that every time I do a talk, I have to tell you to go for your mammogram. <laughs> she stopped, Sarah Milliken is her name. She stopped the talk and we were all shocked. I was like, it's a crowd. It's like, yes, well done. Yes. And so it's anyway, it's something that I really wanted to mention. The other thing I wanted to ask you, Heidi, seeing as you've got the mic now, is how are you enhancing the services here in Gibraltar? Where has the money gone? And, and I mean, maybe there's too many to mention, but yes. at least some of the things that, that your, the money that, that people have given, donated, have, has raised. So far, so far within the past, what, maybe... Uh, 10, 15 years, no, since we start, since we started, and since we started, over three hundred thousand pounds. That's amazing. We've bought so many things for the GHA. So we, you you enhance. So the GHA provides a service. Yes. So what you're doing is enhancing is enhancing those services. We we uh, we provide or we we buy add-ons. For example, the mammography machine, which which was bought, was it. 2018-2019 must have been mm. the GHA actually bought the mammography machine, but we provided the add-ons, which was 120,000 pounds. Wow! And the add-ons, add which are what? The um, injector pump. It's like an injector pump for the mammography. for the mammography machine. Okay. And the ah, see, that's true. We also um, 
provided a course, we paid for a course for the mammographers to get their uh, breast screening course up to date. We okay. actually we actually paid, for, paid for the for the course. Other things which we've which we've bought recently was actually uh, Ernesto Tito over here. <laughs> mm -hmm. He actually started fundraising for it, which was the cold cup machine, the Paxman ah, yes. cold cup machine. That machine basically so that is for chemo when patients yes. are going through chemo. Yes. It's not only for breast cancer; it's for all cancers. So everybody uses everybody it. Everybody can just use breast cancer that. patients. Mm -hmm. It, it was, uh, that's where I latched on to, to the breast cancer uh, uh, com committee. Or I've known Mercy for years and, and most of the committee members as well. But I remember Mercy saying to me a couple of years ago, um, we want to raise money for this breast can um, this um, cold cap thing. And I said, what is it? I said, well, it helps ladies who, or gen any gentleman who may want to uh, uh, not lose their not hair. Lose their hair. Uh, actually uh, do this and it's like a, co a really really cold I've heard from people who've had it done very extremely cold um, which freezes your hair follicles but it, it doesn't it doesn't um, make your hair fall out and I said let's do it and within I think a month we, uh, we yes. uh, less than a month we we raised seven or eight thousand pounds wow and, um, and, you, and you bought one, oh, we and bought so one. it's in the, in it's, the GHA? It's in the GHA, and the best news I had at a, at, at, at a personal level was when I, spoke, when I spoke to a lady who said to me, look, I got cancer, breast cancer, and I wasn't frightened of, of it, of dying or anything. What I didn't want to do was let my son down. And my son had said to me, Mum, I don't want you to lose your hair. And I actually did my cold cap. I'm getting shivers down my arms. But uh, um, because I, I, I never realized this was going to be such a big thing. But she said to me, my son said, Mum, anything but. And I used the cold cap. And thankfully, I didn't lose my hair. And my son was ever so happy and so grateful. And that for me, that one living testimony has, has made it all worthwhile. I, yes, I don't know what to say. It's really emotional to think of a little boy seeing his mommy without hair as a, a real sign of weakness and, and you know, Ill, Ill, being ill. Yeah, yeah that was, that's mean, what she said, because yeah. actually the boy was quite young. It's incredible. The boy seeing his yes, mum without yes, her meant yes, of course, something but, was definitely but it, wrong. But it would if you think about it. See, if you're it did, obviously. Yeah. Hi, my name is Mercy Bosso and I am the chairperson of Breast Cancer Support Gibraltar. I would like to thank our community for their continuous support. Without them, we would never be able to achieve what we have done in the past 15 years. I would like to emphasize that all monies raised stay in Gibraltar. We have been instrumental in lobbying for the breast screening program and the one-stop breast clinic. Our aim is to campaign for the enhancement of breast care services in Gibraltar and improve the experience of those affected by breast cancer. The charities support health professionals and the GHA. I would like to take this opportunity to encourage women to attend their mammography appointments. Early detection saves lives. Please feel free to call or WhatsApp us on 5800 8944. I remember 
um, when you raised money at one point for something that um, surgeons could even use in an operation to detect the, it was like a pen, yeah, it, like it, a probe pen. Like a probe. So tell me about Sent that, because that's a, I always thought that was pretty incredible. The Sentinel probe, basically, that's uh, like we we it's like an epipen. We call it the the epipen of breast cancer. Um, Mercy here, for example, when she had her um, um, mastectomy done, she had nearly all her lymph nodes removed because at that time there was no. 13, was it? 13 wow. lymph nodes removed. This pen actually, whilst the surgeon is actually operating, detects which are the malicious lymph nodes, so you only get removed the malicious. So they don't fiddle about with the, stuff? With, yeah, I tell They yeah. just go for the ones Directly that are affected? for the one that affected. Gosh, so Mercy, obviously. And due to that, Mercy is now suffering from lymphedema in, in her arm because obviously lymph nodes affects affects your... Your, lymph, uh, your lymphedema. The swelling, not the swelling, swelling on your arm. And I'd like to take this opportunity to say that um, we started also the, the uh, lymphedema clinic. Very important, uh, which, very yes, important. Yes, very important yes. because, you know, there's a lot of people. Yes, but not just cancer patients. No, or, no, no. I know. Yeah, yeah. But what we wanted was the upper, obviously. No, we were fighting that corner. It was the upper uh, um, lymph. Um, Unfortunately, um, because of COVID, everything was stopped. And then um, uh, there was a, a lady who came to us that there wasn't the, 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 the service was non-existent. So we started again, you know, um, asking and writing and meet, meetings. And I am happy to say that it, now it started again. So, you know, uh, the breast care nurses, because we spent a lot of money in sending, sending nurses for lymphedema courses. We also bought lots of equipment um, in, the, in, the, in the lymphedema uh, clinic. We even bought a lymph scanner. So, so you is, know, is it the patients find it uncomfortable to go? Why do? I, oh, no, they're no, not going. No, 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 no. It's just that, that they stopped because of the COVID. Oh, they stopped, they stopped because of COVID. The, and then what happened was that some of the some of the nurses uh, either they got promotion or they got the the way on maternity leave or or they just left on on uh, reti retirement. So, but now you know after it's, it's a lot of lobbying again, if you want to call it lobbying, it's back uh, to normal again. It's when it's, going it's going to get, I am, and I'm very hopeful yeah. um, that um, I, we have been promised that the upper lymph will be done by the breast care nurses. So I am hoping now that um, this is going to take uh, place again. What is the most challenging thing about running a charity like this for you? Uh, I think personally... It's, I have a lot of passion and I can see and um, sometimes um, my passion I think can get me into trouble. <laughs> good, good trouble, good trouble or bad trouble. Depends, on, say, how, depends well, on how you look at it. Because, depends on what side you are, Michelle. Yes, but that happens to me because you say things and you don't, sometimes your mouth takes over a little bit yes, because you're so I, passionate I, about I, it. I am so passionate and you know what, Michelle? Remember that, that my first journey was in 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 in, in um, Marston. so i want my sisters to have what i had that's all yeah. and and i always say if the gha pro promised everybody that we would have a service then they have to deliver and that is what i always say you promised you have to deliver mm -hmm. 
And I, I know that I sometimes I can make enemies, but I always say the I good have, enemies. I have the hard. I have. Um, I always think of my sister, my sisters, and I want the best for them because I had the best. But I, I also want to reiterate now here that we have improved. The GHA has improved because we've got excellent in the chemotherapy unit. We've got excellent stuff. Okay, so at this point, run me through. So if somebody has a lump or somebody defines a lump, yeah. um, just run me through the procedure in case anybody's listening yeah. and this helps them. Yeah. What do they do? Yeah. They go to the GP, right? Uh, in the GP, things it's, um, um, they are concerned, let's say in the consent, they sent uh, a, a letter to the um, breast, clinic, breast clinic and within two weeks, um, they would get, uh, a let uh, they would get uh, an appointment um, then they go, it's, I can't remember, it's a Wednesday or Friday, I can't remember when it, when it is. And then that's called the one-stop clinic. And they see the doctor, either Dr. Macano or Dr. Salman. And uh, if, it's, um, if they think it's necessary, they go down, down to the uh, mammogram um, unit and they'll have uh, a mammography. I, ha I also have to say that there are men who have developed breast cancer, cancer. The in, in, Gibraltar. in Gibraltar. Yes. The unfortunate thing is, Michelle, that they don't come forward. But yes. that's why I thought when Eneto uh, wanted to join the, the charity, I thought, this is great. Yes. Because, you know, at least we have a man. Fortunately, Eneto hasn't gone through this. Unfortunately, his family, not better. At least there's a man to, in, yes, the, in the charity, yes, you know. Yes. So we could tell him if that person needs whatever advice, advice mm. you know. He could come to us and we would give mm. it to him uh, what advice. Uh, but unfortunately, um, they don't come forward. We've approached a couple of uh, breast cancer, men breast cancer sufferers, but they seem, as it's such a low... Um, amount of men who mm. actually get this, I, I tend to think that they think it's like a bit of a stigma. No? A they, bit of they, a taboo. No, a they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. It's like yes. the man who got breast cancer. Yes. You know, it's it's more common for men to have the prostate or whatever, but yes. they, they don't want to... We've said, look, would you like to come forward and speak t to a group or uh, talk about this in school? And they, they're not keen at all. Yeah. Is the process the same? is the same for men as for women that you've just described uh, uh, yes exactly the same yes The thing is, um, in fact, in 2004, when I was diagnosed, when I was in in the Maston, there was um, there were two men, a Moroccan and a Gypsy, and they were having the same treatment as me. You know, uh, obviously, I didn't ask, ask them exactly what was the chemo, but uh, we were going through the same journey, mm -hmm. the same journey. If people want to talk to you for support, or whether they're going through it, or whether they have family members who are going through it, um, are you okay with somebody calling the, the charity number? We, we we get lots of calls, Michelle. Not only not only uh, that, that they are going through cancer, but uh, because um, they can't get through to the doctor, or they found a lump, or which sometimes most of the times you know um, it's it's, it's not nothing, cancerous. That's right. Yes. Um, if we obviously we are not professionals, 
I want to make this clear, we are not professionals. We, what, we, I, what we do is we call the breast care nurses, which I'd like to say they are fantastic. They are honestly fantastic. Mm. So we just WhatsApp them and say, for example, uh, we don't even mention name. We just say, I've got a lady who's very concerned. She's this age, she's got a lamp and blah, 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 blah. And immediately um, I, I go back to the person and say, can I give your name? And then they, I put them in, 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 in contact. In contact. Mercy, I have to pinpoint you and, and since I've known you for years, but at breast cancer level, you are the leading light on this. You, 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 live, you, you live, breathe, eat, yes. sleep breast cancer. I know that. But the fact that if I try and, and empathize with the person who might get cancer and is so worried and yeah. is so yeah. frightened yeah. and he doesn't know what to turn to and then they speak to either Mercy or Heidi or... I was a perfect example because back in 2010, 2011 I found a lamp. This is how I joined the charity. I found a lamp I was 36 years old, must have been, um, went to the doctor. The doctor referred me to a mammogram. When I got to radiography, I couldn't have a mammogram done because I was under 40. So they did a scan. From the scan, I went to Sanit. They sent me to Sanit because there was something there. Um, I went to Sanit. I had um, uh, what's it called? The, biopsy. Biopsy, but the, they, they injected the... The green dye. No? The green dye. I had the green dye biopsy done. Um, came back to Gibraltar and I kept on sort of hitting brick walls because I was not 40. They couldn't give me the results. What do you mean? I can't get the results. So I didn't know who to turn to. And basically, I turned to Breast Cancer Support Gibraltar. That's where, obviously, I met yourself as well. Yeah. And since since then, obviously, they managed to get me the, the appointment with the breast care nurse. I got the result thanks to them. Because I, I was, I kept on saying, "Okay, I'm 36. Do I have to wait four years to get the result?" Luckily, it was assist, and there was nothing else to it. But thanks, thanks to to breast cancer support, I managed to get my my results. And that is what I'm saying. That breast cancer, I don't see breast cancer um, the support Gibraltar as a money raiser or. Um, uh, uh, the challenge of um, speaking to doctors or trying to move things on. I think we are more than that. I think we are, Mercy has has shown us, I think, or at least shown me, that what we are, mo the most important thing that I think we offer is that we are the listening ear and the shoulder to cry on, mm. and the person to the say support? the support. support. Yes, which is what I, we've gone through this. Yes. I mean, I haven't, but they have. Yes, we've gone through this, and and the person who's listening, or the person on the on the other side of the phone, or on the side <laughs> of the table, will find solace on, yeah. with that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Not so, um, um, not, not only um, when they are going through cancer. Um, I find I've been doing this for for 15 years and I do one to one and I'd like to thank my husband here <laughs> because well done Jimmy because we've been on holiday and I've had calls really bad calls breathe 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 really bad calls and um my husband He's helped you through it all 
and my husband has said, I'm going for a drink and you can talk. Mm. Yes. And I've been talking to that person for hours, for hours on end. Yeah. And by the time we've hung the, the, the phone, we've been the best of friends. Mm. Yeah. And um, maybe we don't talk ever again after she, she's... Um, She's finished a journey and at the beginning it used to hurt. But then I, I, I thought, you know, I shouldn't. I helped her when she needed yeah. me. And not because I'm a professional, because, but on a personal level of a person who's gone through cancer to another and what our families are going. Because remember that not only the patient, the patient is going through this, but the family. And sometimes the family And I'd like to say this, and sometimes my husband says impossible, but I say, you see, the, pay, the, the family is worse for them than for us. Yes. Because we are going through it, right? We are going through it. Uh, and we've got this inner thing that we've got to battle and we've got to look forward and we've got to... But our family are there looking at us, seeing all what we are suffering. So sometimes... It's good to have somebody at the end of the line who is not your friend, not your family, but somebody who will listen and will be there holding your hand. Yeah. And I think okay, that is also part of the charity. That's everything. Michelle. It's everything. It's very emotional to hear you talk, yeah. as usual. Yeah. <laughs> You've done this before, Mercy. Yeah. <laughs> except, except the time of the nipple. No, the time of the nipple. <laughs> but we won't talk about that today. We'll leave that. We'll, we'll leave, leave that for another time. We're going to leave our listeners wanting more. Um, I just want to know, before we finish, two questions. I want to know where you're going with the charity. What's next? Do you want to talk about that, Shireen? Si. Thank you. Sorry. Sure. We can use this one. Uh, so basically, at the a couple of weeks ago, um, I've had a big think about this because um, what I what one of my aims for the charity this year is to actually bridge what used to be done with what can be done through the use of digital and social media and marketing and bringing us a little bit more in 2022. So um, we were saying before about Walkers for Walkers and doing um, that as our main campaign throughout the year, but I do actually want to get events up and running more. Um, I actually want to also create and also bridge what these guys have just said now, which is create an information hub um, to make it easily accessible for people. Because right now, if you don't know the number, if you don't know the number to call, um, how do people know how to contact us? No, they might just not know. And I think now with social media and, and being online, it's very important. So I want to try and get maybe one centralized hub, be it through a website or something, um, where we can share all these stories, we can share information on how or what you can do if you find a lamp and have it written down so that people, even before coming to Mercy, because they might not feel ready for that, have somewhere to go yeah. for them to see all this. So apart from that, then add in... Um, all of the extra events that we do to increase fundraising, to increase awareness so that we can keep this going. Yeah. And you have to keep it going. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, right. Jenny, did you want to say I something? I want to say something yes. before, you, before we finish off. We attended a meeting last week where we were given some, in the JHA, where we were given some statistics. And believe it or not, of all the cancers, of all the cancers uh, detected locally, 27% of them are breast cancers, wow. which is the largest mm. percentage mm. of all the cancers detected in Gibraltar. So, mm. um, is there a higher rate here? Or, or they didn't uh, say, they didn't okay. say, they just gave us this chart saying uh, how uh, 
the statistics and the largest one or the biggest one or the highest one, if you want to put it a, a correct word, yeah. is um, breast, breast cancer. cancer. Yeah. So our work has to continue and Absolutely. Uh, we, we have to keep on pushing for, fact, for the awareness and for the... It was higher in Gibraltar than in UK. Maybe he did say that. I can't yeah, remember yeah, from the top of my head, but I do remember and it was it stuck in my mind and it's there very clear that... Uh, the highest percentage of cancers in yeah. Gibraltar, detected cancers, are breast cancers. Well, it's great to know that this charity exists and that people can come to you um, for comfort, if anything, um, for information and, and, and just to know a little bit more and to, to learn a bit more about um, the services that you do as well. It's really important. It's yes, vital. Yes. I want, want to end with one, with one last thing. So, Medici, to finish off, um, what is the ultimate goal for the Breast Cancer Support Group? I would ask you, who do you look up to? Because I've asked everybody, all the other women that I've interviewed, um, who they look up to. But really, M Michelle, um, I couldn't answer that. Who do I look up to? I, I, I have got so many, really. But my main, my main goal, target, or let's say, um, okay, then I would step down. <laughs> I think I would step down. When I see the service, the breast cancer service, like I've seen it in the Royal Marston, I know this is a small hospital, I know this is a small community, but that what, what uh, we've been offered in the Marston, we can have it here in a smaller scale, in a smaller scale. But, you know, everything from start to finish, no gaps. Okay, well, I can only thank you all from the bottom of my heart for letting me come and for letting me speak to you. And I'm sure a lot of people have, are going to get so much from this talk. Thank you very much. And thank you thank for what you're doing thank for you. our community above all. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Michelle. You've been listening to Women Rising, a series of talks where I've chatted to fabulous and inspirational women exclusively about their lives and their losses, their struggles and their successes, and their contribution to this world where they are empowering others and making a huge difference in our community. Thanks must go to my producer, Charlie Hurst, for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a huge thank you also to Beatrice Garcia, who has designed and painted the podcast icon, She's at BeatriceGarcia.com. Should you like to advertise your business on my podcast, please get in touch and please like and rate the show on your favorite listening platform and comment also if you can. And should you want to get in touch with me, my email is rougejib at gmail.com.